Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Endless Honeymoon podcast. Cheers, Natash. Cheers, Mershaw. Now, you may be noticing that I'm wearing an identical uh, outfit to the outfit I wore on the... infamous and scandalous Eliza Schlesinger episode. But here's why, folks. The good people over at Industry of All Nations sent me this outfit, this fucking fly-ass indigo dip. Six dips they did. They did six dips. Moshe, you have more indigo pants and shirts than anyone I've ever met in my life. And also, my stylist said that, too. Well, your stylist probably was saying, wow, what, what a man, because... That's cool. He's got style. The people at Industry of All Nations, they've got style, and they hooked me up with this fresh-ass outfit, and I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, folks. Uh, so I put the the fit back on just to make sure the people knew. You put the fit back on? Is that like... Yeah, um, it's short for outfit. You don't want to say, I, I put the drip back on? Oh, that's a great... Yeah. They're dripping. They're literally dripping because they do indigo dipping. They're dripping. They're dipping. They're fitting. They invented the dipping dot. Love it. All right. Well, um, we had such an overwhelming response to our written in secret uh, advice request episode. We thought maybe we would do some more. We some got of the people some we didn't get to. There were some great questions that I really wanted to get to. So, yeah. Why don't we just start? Or do you have anything you want to talk about? Well, I will say this. Um, our, you know, our toxic producer, Laura, mm-hmm. who we fired recently, mm-hmm. um, and but is still just kind of coming around uh, and producing the podcast for some bizarre reason. Um, she does this thing where, first of all, by the way, if you live in Portland, uh, and you didn't get tickets, you're shit fucked out of luck. 
But there is still a, it's sold out. The bitch sold out. We should have gone to a bigger venue. Why didn't we go to a bigger venue? We're fools. We we left money on the table in Portland. But uh, but if you still want to come to the show, you can't. You there is hope. Oh, you can be on it. You could actually be on the motherfucker. That's cool. If you just send an email to our toxic producer, who despite being fired is still answering all the emails and <laughs> producing the the show, but who's not going to be there. So you're not going to get to meet her, by the way. But we're, we have another Laura that we found in Oregon. Do you know that? We found a Laura. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a real Laura. It's a real Portland Laura. Amazing. I'm very excited to meet a new Laura. Because Me here, uh, you can email us to be on the podcast. But here's the reason I'm excited to meet the new Laura. I want to get rid of the old Laura. And I'll tell you why. She keeps pushing candy on me. And you know I hate candy, right? Oh, my God. I'm not a candy fan. That was so embarrassing this morning. Moshe fell asleep. Well, yes. With an empty bag of sour cherry balls next to his bedside table. That is the end of the story, Natasha. Yes, it is. I mean, it, is the story that riveting that it needs that, <laughs> that much lead up that we're, you ate a whole bag of candy last do, night? We're doing an intro to the podcast. Well, let's just cut to what's interesting. This really I'm is. I'm worried about, you know, I, I, I think about our listeners' time. I think about crafting a lovely yarn, much like the lovely yarn the people at Industry of All Nations crafted when they made me this outfit. Now, n- yes, okay, yes, that is what happens, is that Laura sometimes brings me gummy candy or sour cherry balls to get me pumped and get me going for these episodes. Well, last night was one such a night. And she brought me a very large bag of sour cherry balls, and I did house every single one by the time we went to bed that night. It was a lot. It was a lot of grams of sugar. Hmm. I'm really glad we did the whole lead up. <laughs> Natasha, <laughs> we're doing an intro to the podcast we host together. I must tell some story. What's your tale? No, but to say what happened with the daughter said. Anyway, my daughter came in early this morning. Uh, five years old, adorable as can be. It was like, good morning, father. Good morning, mother. No, she says mother. Good morning, mother. <laughs> she started doing an impression of Audrey from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, by the way. We showed that to her. Big mistake. The dentist starts beating up Audrey and Natasha like maneuvers her body to get in front of her eyes and goes, <laughs> he's treating that woman bad. You shouldn't watch this. I was just, try- I was just vamping. That's how they get you. Anyway, she says, good morning, mother. And then she looks over and she sees an empty bag of what used to be cherry sour balls from 7-Eleven brand, my favorite candy brand. And let me just say, you know it's bad if it's 7-Eleven brand. To be honest, the 7-Eleven brand gummies are pretty fucking good, mm-hmm. you know? Bad for you. Yeah, of course. They're sour cherry balls. Anyway, the look of crushed disappointment mm-hmm. on young daughter's face was, it was palpable. And she picked up this empty bag and pathetically stared at it and said what is this and then she looked up and she goes i wish you'd saved one for me and it was you were like there were only 400 it was very difficult to explain to a five-year-old why a man in his 40s needs to eat an entire bag of candy and cannot save any for his young child i know and then she even goes Oh, I know why it's empty. The dogs must have gotten to it. Yeah, she couldn't synthesize the reality that I'm just a <laughs> fucking sugar fiend loser. Well, because to, she would have been allowed to have like three. Yeah. So like she would probably think, oh, you would be allowed to have like ten. Why didn't I just save her three? So it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes I'll finish the bag of candy convincing myself this is actually good for my child. If I finish it, that means she won't be tempted and she doesn't have to eat any. 
So I did go to Philadelphia and bring her back a bag of gummy Irish cream candies. And it said for adults only, but there was no alcohol in it. And Very she revolting. Them. They were not good. I will agree with you there. Now my story about the candy is done. Phew. All right. Well, listen, uh, I am really excited to read some of these. Same here. Can I read the first one? Yes, indeed. Okay. Hello. Last week, my roommates were supposed to be out of town all weekend, so I decided to sunbathe nude in our backyard. After laying out for a while, I came back into the house, still fully naked, and found that one of my roommates had come home way too early with her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Now, I was raised to never show weakness, so even though I was mortified, my reaction was to act very casual and not show how uncomfortable I was. I just made light of it, apologized, and then went to my room to freak out privately. How long did you sit there and apologize uh, is the question. <laughs> She's like, look, listen, let me just finish making my cup of tea and clean up these dishes. And then, to no. the two of you, I must <laughs> say, as my pubes glisten with my <laughs> sundew sweat, I'm sorry. Okay, so then she goes on to say, apparently, just because I didn't break down and cry, my roommate is convinced I was trying to put on some kind of show for her boyfriend. She's been nothing but passive aggressive with me since the incident. It sucks to be treated like the villain when I feel like the victim. So my questions are, am I the asshole? And how do I smooth this over with my roommate? Thank you. You've got to tell her that you were trying to seduce her. No, here's the problem. the script. Clearly, you have a good body, a better body than her. Oh, that could be true. Jealous. Probably have bigger boobs, something. I've been there. I've been there. The girl who's like, like you've been there. I've been there. Like not wanting to have like, honey, nobody has hot... bigger boobs than you. <laughs> nobody. I've never seen it. You've never seen I've boobs never, bigger never. than a full A. Never, never. I feel sorry for and you. And by the way, don't you ever say that about yourself. You're at least a B minus. It's a, they're a full, I have a very a full cuppy, A cup. They're a nice cuppy A. Okay. Listen, um, I feel like, first of all, they told you they were going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, what and do you, I, don't you think she can have some kind of talk with her and say, she could say not one more with the thing. boyfriend, not with the boyfriend? She could say one more thing, like, look, I feel like there's been weird ever since. I just want you to know that was a total accident. I'm sure she's already had that conversation. I think she should try to seduce the woman, and then it will make it very clear that she wasn't trying to fuck her boyfriend. Come on, Mosh. Have you ever sunbathed nude? Uh, when I've been at hotels that have complete privacy. I've never sunbathed. Oh. Yeah, sometimes you just are feeling it, like the sun is like hitting in the right mm-hmm. way, and you're on vacation. But you know, it, it's hard being having roommates, never getting to like do your thing around the house. I walk around naked a lot in my house. I had roommates for years. I never walked home to one of them being naked. I would have loved to have seen something like that. But I do think you need to talk to your friend. She's clearly jealous, and you don't say that, and you just say like, "Listen, I thought you guys were going to be gone. I've noticed that you guys have been cold to me. Maybe it's totally in my." In my head, but mm-hmm. you can even tell her, like, you know, I was completely freaked out, but maybe it's the way I was raised. My instinct was to just stay calm. But, you know, I, I just want you to know that was completely unintentional and I, I am mortified. Say something. I love what you're saying. Can I add a little something? Yeah. Say, I recognize that my um, my my perfect shaved vagina and my fat, supple titties are superior to yours and that your boyfriend was probably looking at them with great lust. And when I turned around and my 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 absolute uh, just chunky apple ass uh, was just hypnotizing your boyfriend and making his dick on rock, that that could have been threatening for you. And I never intended that to happen. I mean, it is very unfortunate because now whenever the guy's over... He's thinking about that perfect he's seen- little triangle... Your hot body. Yes, your pubes. And if you have pubes, the girl could you might write never, in and let us know? 
she might never forgive you. <laughs> but it's not her fault. I Sunbather know, did nothing but wrong. Like, but it is actually a pretty fucking bold move. I just am realizing this in real time. You have roommates. And you're like, I think they're gone. I think I'll sunbathe nude. It's not like you went it to your room. They were out of town all weekend. Yeah. All right. It's not so bold. All right. All right. Well, good luck. I think it, one talk is good. And if they still are acting weird, these are roommates, not friends. And if it feels like an uncomfortable living situation. But I think it's worth it to just let her know what you let us know, which is that it's part of the way you were raised yeah. to like not freak out. I need. Yeah, you're right, Natasha. And Although another, that also sounds like a lie. A thing that I'm realizing now is that it's possible that you're right, that she's got this great body. But it's actually it's hard to know that unless the the person that wrote us this letter were to send just a couple of cursory pictures just to Laura, who could forward them over to me. and We could kind of just do a. Just a podcast poll and we could find out. So that's an option for you as well. I used to have a friend who was dating a really famous person and they went on a double date to a this place called the Ventana, which has a mm-hmm. clothing optional pool. Sure. And my friend was on a date with a double date and Kate, it was Kate Hudson and the guy from the Black Crows when they were dating. Okay. And my friend is like gorgeous huge ass tits okay and she jumped in the pool Mm -hmm. and she was like i remember she was telling me kate hudson was so mean to her the whole Mm. trip (laughs) but then i was like kate hudson has these small a's and then you're at this nude pool with this girl who's got like gorgeous full natural d's flopping around and her her brown you know she's like tan and like you know floppy tits yeah she's like this gorgeous person so it's like i get why kate hudson was so rude to her in a way she probably found those titties so hard to handle (laughs) am i right you guys this is a fun area that's a black crows reference okay i'm just saying i always had that in my mind like oh kate hudson must be a bitch but then i'm like oh it's probably just like she didn't want to be around them titties i did kate hudson's podcast and i can tell you from personal experience n a b not a bitch not a bitch nice person i'm not trying to talk shit about her i'm just saying no 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 i think it's it's true i uh, my experience is so different because i was raised in the bay area i've been around naked people my entire life like i've i've 100 percent been in like hot spring or hot tub or hot thing with an, another couple where everyone was naked and it was not sexual or threatening or weird at all it was just like that's what people do so i don't even relate to this i mean i would be shocked if i came home to see a roommate naked but i wouldn't be like Hamana, hamana, I can't stop thinking. Unless it was really hot. I mean, actually, there are some situations. All right. The next letter goes. <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Legero. Microaggression. I'm 29. I'm a male. I hate group chats. My partner, 32, female of one year, wants to add me to a group chat with about 20 of her friends. They're what? generally an okay bunch, which includes men and women with different backgrounds and orientations. I've hung out with them four to five times, one being a long weekend trip together. I feel awkward in group chats, and past experiences have taught me it's better to be quiet as my jokes and comments tend to go unnoticed. There are some pretty toxic friendships and large personalities within the group which I don't get along with. Not only that, but my partner has openly discussed leaving this friend group altogether due to a few awkward and demeaning situations. I know muting the group chat is an option, but opening my text, it will always be at the top of the new messages and this will only put off the problem and increase my anxiety about it apparently the next time we hang out with them will be the time to add me to the group chat without it quote being weird am i too sensitive about this or should i just suffer with an always muted chat in my text thanks in advance group chat hater p.s we're reading natasha's book and we love it oh they're reading it together i love that this is so obvious it's so obvious all right let me see if we have the same answer okay one two three 
Don't no, do refuse the it. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> just tell them. Set it's a boundary. It's so obvious. Yeah, just, it's just say, like those like, are like your you, friends. You told no. I mean, you can all. You told me once, like I hate karaoke. You said I, I hate karaoke. So like, if I'm gonna go do karaoke, I'm not gonna bring you. It's just like, like remember? Did I say that? I don't hate karaoke. You I've did changed. tell me that. I believe you that I said it, but I've changed. Okay, but also remember we, we went to um, sushi recently at this like really fancy place for my birthday, and the guy. And it was in Santa Barbara. And so Moshe said, has, has, have Harry and Megan been in? And yes, he was I, like, yeah, they were just here. Megan brought all her girlfriends. And then Harry doesn't eat sushi. So, so he, we had to make a mistake. So he sat at the bar and <laughs> ate a steak that we made him. And Where did they get the steak? <laughs> but also, why did she bring him? Like, right. have, have fun having sushi with your friends right. and, instead of having this weird guy in the corner. I can answer, I can answer that. Eating steak. I can answer that. What? Because you think Megan's entourage is like, yeah, girl, sushi dinner. Let's do it. And she's like, oh, well, Harry's staying home. You don't think they'll be like, what? Why would they want to hang out with him? He's the fucking prince of England. He's got a, a todger. He's got a todger that almost burned off in a frostbite incident. Sounds like a buzzkill. I'd want to meet him, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? It's Toxic like, it's like going out. Said, no, you wouldn't want to meet him. You wouldn't like the opportunity to meet the Todger She's himself? She's just as famous as him now. Who cares? Dude, if I'm hanging hey, out... someone's picking up the bill. If I tell you a story, I go, dude, you know who was at the comedy club last night? Megan, what's her last name? Megan Markle. And then and then you go, you don't think your follow-up would be, no prince? Because I'm trying to perform for the prince. I want to meet that prince. I want to touch his todger. It reminds me of like, I remember I went to an Italian restaurant when I first moved here and this girl next to me was on a date and she just like kept asking them if they had a plain hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually for being the prince. I, I, I would think that you would like, it just seems kind of antisocial and not that you would polite. Think, you like, would think, cause their epitome is politeness. Yeah, but they are, it's politeness at the level of privilege that you'll never understand. So right. their version of politeness is, pardon me. Could you fetch me a filet mignon even though it's not on the menu? Like that's what they think. That's what they think polite is. It's not not eating that night and going home and having a hamburger by yourself. Okay. Uh, but this clearly, is, but but how does he say it to he her? He just says, "Oh, honey, I that's too much for me. I love hanging I love out your with friends. your friends. I love your friends. They're a lot of fun. But I that that's your thing, and I'm going to do my thing. I don't want to be on the group chat. I no just offense. I just don't do group chats. I just can't. I group chats give me. That's what he says. Be honest. Group chats give me anxiety. I don't want to be on the group chat. I love you. But, but I love you and I love hanging out with them. And if, and if you need my support, I'm here for you. Tell me what happens. Because she probably, she's she clearly his... been demeaned in this group yeah. chat. So she wants him to like stick up for her. If, but that's not your job. If and... she pushes the issue, you can say, look, the truth is I get anxiety in group chats. And you've expressed that this group chat is anxiety inducing. Yeah. It's too much. No, no one wants to be on a 20 person group chat by the way i would if they were all funny by the way yeah um i am on a group chat and there's a lot of shit talking that happens on it and there's one person it's not the the one that you're on natasha there, but there's a lot of shit talking that happens and there's one person that never responds and i got a couple of private messages going hey are we cool here because so-and-so doesn't respond and we're talking a lot of shit about a lot of people that is always that producer, why doesn't the person respond they're just not active they're like this guy probably they probably why don't you it. erase him from the chat because well, that's aggressive but the point is that when you start talking shit 
on a podcast mm-hmm. and the person doesn't respond, that creates anxiety too. Because you're like, wait a minute, we're all putting ourselves out here, character assassinating our peers. Look at me. I'm talking shit about the prince. I'm talking shit about Kate Hudson. You said she had A's. We don't know that. That hasn't been verified. Laura, can you look that up? <laughs> all right, let's go to the next letter, <laughs> Natasha. Hello. I have an awkward problem and I don't know how to tell my best friend. She recently visited me, and when we'd go out to eat, she would never offer to split the bill except for coffee one time. What? She'd just say, thanks, my name. We went to a, fa- <laughs> we went to a fancy restaurant, and the bill came to a few hundred dollars, and then she said, I didn't bring my wallet, so I'll just Venmo you. I usually don't have more than 150 in my account, but I just happened to have gotten my paycheck that week. Wait, you don't have money either, and you're paying for her? Is it normal to expect the person you're visiting to pay because you paid for the plane ticket? I'm in my early 20s and not sure of the adult etiquette here. She is not a malicious person, and I honestly think she just thought it wasn't a big deal. I feel awful because I was passive-aggressive instead of just talking to her. How would you bring this issue up to a friend? Also, I think Moshe okay, we can move on. should just okay, give in and just drop it. Here. Hold on. You sure you want to read the last line? Also, I think Moshe should just give in and make coffee for Natasha. Men nowadays need tasks to keep them busy since the draft ended. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great point. Um, hot, hot tip. Listen, this one. Okay, so here's what happened. Her friend flew in to see her, paid mm-hmm. for the plane ticket to see her. And then when they went out to eat, she assumed that her friend would pay for kind of all the meals. Uh-huh. And that is, that's some early 20 shit, first of mm-hmm. all, you know, because you're broke and you're like, you're I, assuming I but paid all this money to get here, but you're yeah. not giving any oxygen to the problem. Like you should really talk about it yeah. beforehand because, you know, maybe it's just like a quick call, you know, like just so you know, like I'm paying for my flight, but um, I mean, how could you do it? Like, no, the girl, her friend paid for the flight. But then she expects her... When she arrived, they went out to eat and her friend was just like, thanks for dinner. Like you were on a date. I used to hate when women would do that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. How do you get people... I mean, I remember when I first moved to Hollywood, we had a friend who was like more successful than all of us. But when the bill came, he'd be like, "Okay, four credit cards, everyone split it up. And I remember always thinking like, seems like he should be buying our dinner. But (laughs) at the same time, why should he? Maybe the solution here is because you're both in your 20s, if you guys were both, oh, sorry. I got go it. ahead, please. Do you have? I don't want to. Well, cut if you, you guys off. were both financially super secure, I would say this was easy. If you're in your 30s and everybody's got plenty of money and a plane ticket isn't a pinch in your account, then you would say, um, "Hey, you want to split this one?" It's just easy. Oh, let's split this one. Because what I was going to say, another way to around this is. Um, I'll get one and then you get one. Yes, exactly. Something but then, very but then casual. It's, but then that's, she's saying once she offered to split coffee. Nope. And this that's is, that's a little too amorphous to be like, because then you're, all of a sudden you're eating a sandwich and splitting it as he, opposed to, you know, Michelin star meal. Here's a workaround. Next time she comes to visit you, you go to the restaurant and you say, let me let me get your first bill. Because, let me get the first meal we do together because you paid for the ticket here. Ooh. And then it's like really clear. Oh, I'm talking only the first one. Okay. And then from that point on, if she doesn't get the hint, counter service. Counter Wait. service. Oh, you go to a place that has counter service? Yeah, you go to a sweet green or a motherfucking order at the counter, and then you pay for yours and go get your number. And they, if they go, are you guys together? You go, oh, no, she's, no. So you're you're recommending to not have a, like, talk about it. Well, it's just you don't want to get in this situation where the girl's like, but I paid for the plane ticket to come visit you. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, 
ostensibly she's going to pay for a plane ticket to go visit her cheap ass friend at some point too. Does she assume that her friend is going to buy all the meals? This is just a thing. And then if the person keeps doing it, then you say something direct, but also casual like this. Oh, why not? Let's split this one. I don't, my money's a little funny right now. Or, okay, that's good. And then also how about, oh, we're going to go to blah, blah, blah tonight. Um, It's expensive. We'll split it. That's good. You know, yeah, like yeah, that's that kind of oh, thing, like where you're like, you just kind of make the plan ahead of time. Yeah. And then if she's like, oh, well, um, I, I don't have the money. And like, no oh, oh, this is Pizza another. Hut. Here's another one, too. How's your financial situation? Should we should we book a should we book blah, fancy, blah, 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 a fancy restaurant or, or should we, just, or should go we just go cheaper? Because if you if you could split, that would be awesome. Yeah, this is all you just got to do it. Say yeah, and, but, but, but don't do the thing where you say I felt taken advantage of last time because then you're just going to have a fight. And what's the point? You could just do a workaround. Yeah. And, and also it's like she might just be like that. She might not even she be might. considering the flight. That's the thing you also have. And that doesn't mean she can't be your best friend. But, you know, it's just like it's some people have money issues. As my therapist once said when I got into a big fight with a woman I was on a date with a long time ago, I was on a date with a woman. We were newly dating. And I had been paying for stuff, but then we all went out to eat, four of us. Uh-huh. Uh, she invited two friends. And because she invited two friends, I just paid for my part. This was early. And I might not do it exactly the same way if, as when I was older. When you start dating again? No, I mean, I was like in my 20s. So, I'm, you know, I had less money and I could afford less. But I, I in the moment, didn't know what to do because there were four people there. So I, was, I just paid for myself. And she got really upset. And the whole thing ended. Like the, we stopped dating because I didn't pay for her meal. And I was talking to my therapist at the time about it. And she was like, there's no way this woman has never heard of the concept of discussing who pays. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she may have needed to have me pay for the meal in order to feel cherished. But there, this idea that she'd never even heard of... So your therapist backed you up? It was more of a like... This isn't just clearly you did something wrong. This is like a conversation that needed to happen rather than... Why wouldn't you pay for the girl too, though? Well, I don't know. She brought two friends to the dinner. So what am I supposed to do? Look at the dinner and go, I got her and me. That's this. Yes. Well, that's not what I did. And then you'd still talk to that therapist because they reinforce your bad decisions. (laughs) Bad decisions. You're right, honey. Uh, Maybe it was because we were in the Bay Area. And in the Bay Area, women don't expect men who they date to feed them indefinitely. Oh, I... You've told me before, I'm Moshe. A, I, I am a woman, therefore you will pay for my sustenance No, you have forever. told me before on a first date you were asking me if it's normal to pay for drinks. And you knew someone who wasn't doing that. And I was like, that is absurd. I'll, for what reason, by the way? That, is it absurd? Yeah, why is it absurd? Let me just say it was absurd five years ago. Why was it absurd? Just out of curiosity. Because you're asking her out on a date and it's I, what if she very asked me low money. What if she asked me out? It's like 20 bucks. And she's what? Got a vagina and therefore she's her beverages should be paid for. I was raised different, Natasha. I was raised that the conversation needs to happen. That you talk about it and it's not a suit. There's a term for it. It's called going Dutch. The entire, everyone in the Netherlands does it. Every single person with wooden shoes does it. That's why they call it going Dutch. Is that why they call it going Dutch? The point is, it's a conversation. Now, my dating life, what I would do, are you with me? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. My dating life, when I was young, I would pay always for the first date. And at that point, somebody needs to have a fucking conversation about it. I'm not just paying for your food from now on because you're a woman and I'm a man. That doesn't even make sense. What's the logic? 
What am I supposed to put my cape down when there's a muddy puddle in your way? Let me think about it. Well, now's the time, honey. All right. I have a, I have a really good friend. Yeah. And he, Is it Kate Hudson? he picked me up yesterday to drive somewhere mm-hmm. and he has duct tape all over his car. <laughs> and I was like, you need to fix this car. And he was like, I have gotten stood up three times this week. <laughs> and I said, he has a fluorescent orange duct tape all over his Prius. And he's, he's like, well, I tell them it's a political statement. Uh-huh. And I was like, Cause I know he's got money, he's successful, but he just chooses to drive this car. Right. But I'm like, you need, I go, you can borrow my car when uh-huh. you pick these girls up because they're basically looking out their window and then standing him up. Uh huh. Why is that? Right. Why? Yes, of course it's cool. They should be cool with, it's a vehicle. It's just like, it's just a vibe. Well, let me tell you, it is a vibe. It's a vibe. Well, it is a vibe, Natasha. And to be honest with you, uh, when the woman got that upset about me not paying for one meal after I had paid for the first, actually with this girl, I think I paid for like the first 10 of our dates. Um, I was upset, but also a little grateful because it was a vibe. I got information from that big blow up that made me go, oh, I'm not compatible with this person. They're a person that assumes that I should just always, without ever discussing it, pay for everything they ever do when we're together. That's not how I, that's not how I am. I'm not that way. I, I wasn't raised that way. All right. Let us know what you think. I know that I'm old fashioned. All right. You want to read And I know one? that I'm a little bit, um, a little too, maybe perhaps a little too laissez-faire and modern like you know my mom did raise me to say you know some women can pay for their own stuff you know so maybe i'm too i don't know what the word is well your mom has never come over here and bought dinner or cleaned up a dish she buys dinner when we go to her house no she cooks like a plate of onions (laughs) you're a you know what you are natasha you are a sweetheart you are you're a pure sweetheart you're a softy Hi, guys. How can I tell my husband's family that we don't want their stuff? Every time my husband and I visit family, we are bombarded with boxes of things that his family wants to, quote, pass down. We have been given boxes of dishes, creepy dolls, old baby clothes. We don't have kids. We are not planning on having any. Old books, old Christmas decorations, and the list continues. Nothing we have been given really holds any value. It is honestly just clutter. We live in a small apartment and really don't have the storage space to keep all of these things. I consider myself a minimalist, and I'm not sentimental at all. Me too. I really want to take all this shit to Goodwill, but my husband is worried his fa- when his family visits, they will want to see his stuff being used around our house. How can I gently tell them we don't want these things? I hate when people ask questions that I'm struggling with. Mm. Because that's the difference between a, a nice house and a, and a bad house is the, the nice house just doesn't have a lot of stuff. All, mm. all a nice environment is is like, not a bunch of crap piled up. Like, look in there. It's just like garbage bags from a car that has is is at the mechanics. And then there's like you did a TV show taping, and they gave you a box of crap that you don't want. And then everywhere you look is just trash. Whereas Any if, examples of stuff that you um, did? I mean, everywhere. <laughs> I, I'm saying a lot of my job every day is just maintaining managing clutter. Managing my clutter and, and op- no, no, our child managing my throwing cl- shit away. Managing my clutter and opening the Amazon uh, packages that you've ordered. I hear you, but I mean, there's got to be like what I what I told Moshe's mother because she tries to give me crap too. She has bought us a lot of stupid shit, 
And I'm, check your tone when you talk about my mama. I love your mom. Plate of onions, cr- box of crap. <laughs> Better check yourself. That's my mama. She box of onions. Or what did she make one day? A plate of mushrooms. I mean, she's she's definitely gotten to a degree, an area of cooking where I've become concerned about her nutritional intake. <laughs> that is true. But see how I talk. See the tone. Respectful, loving. Very nice. Box of onions ass. Okay. Over here. Well, listen, I have told her, no, I don't want more stuff. No, I can't take more stuff. I, No more. No stuff. I have. Yes, I think that's right. I mean, I do have all of her. China. China. That you use and is really nice. I have a whole philosophy around this. Okay. Okay. On how to do this. How to get rid of clutter. I have a whole philosophy. Do you want to hear it? In the garbage? No. Do you want to hear what it is? Sure, honey. Okay. It's really simple. You go through all your stuff. Laura, you should listen to this, okay? You go through all your stuff, and you pick it up, each item, one by one. You pick it up, and you hold it in your hand. And if it makes you horny, (laughs) you keep it. And if it doesn't make you horny, you throw it away. (laughs) Pretty simple, huh? Listen, you live in an apartment. I think that it's really important to have a little talk with her. And just say, I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything. And, you know, our our house is so small. If there's like a few. No, no, no. No, No, you've already lost. In the art of negotiation written by my favorite author, Donald Trump, you've already lost. You just go, you have to say, you have to set the boundary clearly and compassionately. You say, next time they invite you over, say, we are coming over. We can't wait to see you. But I do have to tell you. We can't take any more stuff. We love your stuff. But we just can't take any more. There's no room. But why do you say we love your stuff? Because they, she's saying that. They the don't mo- say that. The just mom say- comes over and wants to see their things like this? in use around this? the house. Thank you for all the gifts you've given us over the years. But we can't take any more. We just don't have any more room. So, okay, I'm going to hold you to that. You make it, it in a little fun game. I'm going to hold you to that. We're coming over tonight, but you no, you better not give me a bot. Not even one thing. Is that okay, Diane? And it's the her way of showing love. So that is kind totally. of sweet. But then what do you tell... Uh, Maggie's boyfriend or husband who's like I can't give it to the goodwill that's a different conversation and I say I, I think that's a negotiation you have to have with your husband I mean he has the right to display stuff even if it's out of guilt in his own house maybe she can tell him like pick your favorite thing from this box pick a few favorite things we'll put them up or we could even hide them in a box that's labeled when your parents come over other than that we got to get rid of this stuff I think so because it's just like this clutter is like nothing Yep. All right. Okay. One more. It just makes your house look bad. Let's, unless Laura has gone back to us with the specific size of uh, Kate Hudson's breasts, the internet came up with a zero. Oh, A? Oh, it's an A. Oh, that's amazing. Told you. I'll probably never be asked to be on our podcast again based upon this interaction. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Moj. It's almost Father's Day. What are you getting me? Oh, I was thinking of actually getting. Uh, myself something to celebrate your relationship with me um no just because i think father's day i think that i'm also the father well if you have a father that you want to celebrate we want to recommend a really cool gift this year it's called StoryWorth. it's an online service that helps you and your dad or your father figure connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come 
This is basically like your parents' wet dream. So every week, StoryWorth emails your dad or mom a thought-provoking question of your choice from a vast pool of possible options. And then each unique prompt asks questions you've never thought of, like, what's one of your fondest childhood memories? Or have you ever feared for your life? Our daughter's always asking us stuff like this, and our dinner conversation is often these, like, prompts. And I think it's, like, a really cool way to kind of extract stories from your life that you kind of forgot about. And after a year, StoryWorth will compile all of those questions and stories and then a bunch of photos into this really beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. So give the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come, StoryWorth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 off your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash honeymoon. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash honeymoon to save $10 on your first purchase. And also, Moshe, you deserve something nice for Father's Day. I didn't mean to play. Well, get me a story worth. That is what I want. My memories preserved in a beautiful book. Storyworth.com slash honeymoon. Let's play some secrets. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. Um, so like half an hour ago, I was pulled over by a cop on my way to work and I got a freaking ticket and it was for being on my phone and, uh, my boyfriend's always telling me not to be on my phone and that this is illegal and blah, blah, and giving me a hard time. And I'm not really on my phone in the car that much, but I know he's right. Um, but the secret part of it is I really can't tell him why I got this ticket because the reason I was on my phone was I was on YouTube looking up Broadway karaoke track videos and singing along to them and the harmonies in my car and the cop pulled me over for that and he told me he'd been following me for a while and watching me and um I just can't tell I just can't tell my boyfriend that I got pulled over for singing Broadway karaoke in the car I just Mm. can't um, yeah, I'm going to take that one to my grave. Anyway, love the pod. This is the only podcast I listen to. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Love that. I oh, know. This is, this is good. Well, I will say I have had friends who, I have this like blonde friend who's gotten pulled over so many times for not wearing a seatbelt. And I was like, oh, you're getting pulled over because you're hot. You think so? That's another profile. thing they do. They They profile women. Hey, it's better than being profiled because of your skin color, obviously, but... It's fun. Well, honestly, if I'm being honest... Blondes kind of have it rough out there. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I think that the the amount of oppression that hot women face in the world, <laughs> just hot people face, <laughs> it's kind of comparable to the experience of being a person of color in this nation. No, listen. I, I well, clip that, Laura, make that into a clip, put it on the internet, and I wonder what people think. I think that you have not been honest with me the times that you've gotten pulled over or the times that you've gotten into car accidents. What? You've gotten pulled over for being on your phone before. You think I've gotten pulled over secret times and not told you? Well, I mean, she was like not. The times, I will say the times I got pulled over for using my phone, I was literally finding directions. This is so funny, Natasha. You, all of the things that bother me, to bother you about me, you do. But when you do it, they're excusable. And when I do it, they're a product of a cluttered mind. I would never Something be to think using about. the phone in that sort of Something way. Something to think about. 
you are often like on a Facebook so thread. Your thing is good. On the phone. You, your yes, phone. Yes, because I'm, I'm only using the phone for directions. Your mess, good. Yeah. Yeah, that good mess. Never put milk away our entire relationship. Good mess. Moshe, bad mess. Think about it. Just think about it. Take a moment and feel it. Do you feel any different? No. Let's hear another secret. Wait, hold on. Before we do, I wanted to say this. I thought she was going to say um, that she had uh, uh, performed a sexual act on the police officer to get out of the ticket. I was thinking about that, too. Okay. And it made me think when she didn't say that, has anyone else, has anyone out there ever done that? If you have done that, I mean, obviously someone's done it, but I'm saying listening to the podcast. Have you ever done that? If you're listening right now, if you've done that, if you've ever gotten out of a, uh, of a ticket by uh, offering, a, I don't want it There's to be. There's no way. Where would you do it? Right there. You give him a blowjob. He'd come sit in the car. Side of the road. Hell yeah. I mean, if it was like. Put that ham hawk in my mouth. If it was like go to jail or suck my dick, I would suck a dick. No, but that's different. That's uh, assaultive. That's the police officer abusing his power. We don't want to hear those stories because they're disturbing. I'm talking, you brought it up. Hey, Mr. Sweetie, if you just just rip up that ticket, I'm going to let you titty fuck me. I got big A's. Titty fucking sounds very hard to do on the side of the road. Uh, well, for you. But if you have big enough titties, you just put your tits all the way over into the passenger side seat. Blocka, blocka, blocka. It's done. I, If you are a listener of this podcast and you have ever offered a sexual favor in exchange for getting out of a ticket or a legal sit- peril situation or even uh, a bill. You know, the plumber comes over. I've seen this a, a movie about this. I saw, I've seen a number of movies about this. They're very short movies. Uh, where the plumber comes over and the woman doesn't have money to pay him, she offers him sexual favors. I've seen a lot of movies about it. A lot of movies. Uh, if you've ever done anything like that, call our secret hotline. Let us know. Okay. Is there one more secret out there? Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. Um, love the podcast. So as I'm selling my furniture in preparation for a move, a man writes me asking questions about some dining chairs that I have. He says, they look super comfy. How often do you sit on them. I'm like, oh, it's a weird way to ask that, but okay. I answer the questions, trying to make the sale. Finally, he says, like, I really, really want them really badly. Uh, I don't want the table, but uh, I'll pay full price. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, he wants something like like chairs with a side of kink. Uh, then he asks me to fart on them before he picks them up. If I fart on them in just my panties, he'll pay more. Oh, my God. Hang uh, up the phone. I decide that, that, like, farting is harmless. So um, I, I start kind of negotiating, I guess. Um, I, ask, I ask if he wants me to fart on them with, like, no panties. Uh, for a higher price. Mm-hmm. He likes that idea. Yeah, he did. Um, he raises the price and asks me to uh, fart on them in front of him and also uh, asks if, like, I um, won't be upset if he, like, gets hard in front of them. So, anyway, um, I say yes to all of this, and uh, my intuition told me that uh, it wasn't a good idea to have this, like, weirdo come and do this. So, and it's not weird. It's just a weird fetish. But um, anyway, I canceled. Uh, the poor girl in me um, kind of regrets the easy money, but I just know uh, that it was the best idea. Anyway, take care. Love the podcast. That guy was never coming to buy your chairs. You don't think? No. He, first of 
first of all, this is like this is like a sexual exchange. Yeah. Yes. But she was really trying to sell her chairs, right? That's right. I, I would have hung up on him. Uh, well, I definitely think that people have kinks that they pay for, Natasha. I think it's naive to think that they that this could never have happened. But it's not her kink. Yeah, he's gonna pay. He would have paid. He would have showed up. And you paid. think he would have showed up? Yeah, I do. And she would have had po- to deal with him. Possible. Certainly possible. I, I thought it was funny that she wasn't able to admit that it's weird to ask a person selling chairs to fart on them naked. <laughs> She's like, it's not weird. It's not weird. It's just like a different kink. People are different. Uh, no, it's weird. That is weird. But I think she could have gotten paid. All right. Let's hear one more. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. Big fan of the pod. I'm 26. I'm a florist and a flower farmer who lives in a college town where the university is huge and employs a lot of people, um, including a lot of my friends who have worked there and told me how much they hate the school and the way they are treated as employees and the gentrification in the city. So my secret is that when my farm was destroyed by vandals last year, I started foraging from the shrubs on the university campus. Sometimes um, my bouquets were like 80 to 90% foraged from the school. Um, I've never taken enough to hurt the plant or cause anyone to notice that flowers are missing. So I don't feel that bad, but I've been doing markets for three years and I've never told anyone. Okay, thanks. Bye. She is creating beauty. Yeah, you know, you know me. I'm a stodgy old timer when it comes to theft. Mm-hmm. This one feels pretty benign. You're not killing the plant. You're not really. St- I mean, I guess technically you're stealing, but it's like you're not stealing from anybody's bottom line. No one's gonna get mad if you got caught. You wouldn't get in trouble, and you're just taking something and making money off of a of a of a renewable resource that a big conglomerate I don't see the I this one I'm I'm with. Whoa. You got Officer Moshe. Yep, that's right. To put the badge down. All right. Well then I you know cuz I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but if you think it's cool, I just don't see this in the same uh, realm as shoplifting. You know, I mean Because they're flowers? No, because A uh no one's it it you didn't kill the plant. If you're uprooting plants and selling them, okay, that feels maybe a little different. No one it's not killing the plant. Thing grows back. No one's losing any money from it. And so and because of that, no one is going to come after you for doing it. The worst you'd get is an officer saying, Hey, don't clip our plants, please. Right. But what if her boss sees her out there like Doesn't she own gathering the place? flowers? She owns a place. Oh, all right. Yeah, you know what? You're good. Yeah, I think you're good. All like, right. We like what you're doing. Let's do another letter. Natasha, I believe it's your turn. Okay, here's one. I fell in love with a guy who's addicted to gambling. He is very sweet and loving, but when he gets sad, he has depression. He becomes dishonest and goes gambling. Ugh, this is a big one. My question is, how do I navigate this without coming off as a nagging mother? I know gambling hurts him because he's been honest about how he is dependent on the rush that gambling gives him. So I would love for him to stop. But I also don't want to make him stop. On the other hand, if I say nothing, I would feel like I'm being complicit. Should I bet on him being able to recover by himself? No. I don't want to lose him either way. Love, unlucky rabbit. I mean, this is very difficult. First of all, you sh- I don't know why you don't want to make him stop. 
you sh- I why would you not want to make him stop? But here's the bad news. You can't make him stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you wanted to, which I'm not really understanding why you wouldn't want. I, that part is a little, almost feels no, a little. No, she doesn't want to be nagging. Yeah, but it's like, all you have to do in this situation is, this is an addiction, as you mentioned. Think of it like he goes and smokes crack once in a while, right? That is what is happening here. Once in a while, he goes and he smokes crack. And is that acceptable behavior in a relationship? No. You gotta, I would say, for me, it wouldn't be. Definitely. For me, it wouldn't be. But this idea of waiting for him to recover by himself, he might never recover. That's how addiction works. So you think she needs to say, listen, I'm not on board with the gambling. I think it's detrimental to your life. It makes you, I I get that you like the rush, but I'm just not down with it. But then isn't that going to make him lie to her about it? Well, here's the issue, right, with uh, addiction in general. Here's, listen to the sentence. He's very sweet and loving. But when he gets sad, he has depression, he becomes dishonest and goes gambling. Okay. Now, dishonest, listen, is he only gambling his own money? Is it causing you financial stress? Probably not, but still. I would say probably so. I don't quite believe the that this person is gambling in a, in a committed relationship uh, and it's not affecting any of their uh, interlinked finances. But maybe maybe it is. But if he's being dishonest with you... Well, let's take the gambling out of it. Hey, I fell in love with a guy, but occasionally he lies to me. Is that acceptable? No. That just seems like, obviously, no. You don't want your boyfriend lying to you. Even if he's got depression, it's a no. I think this person needs to go to maybe some either therapy or a 12-step group. Like, uh, I don't know what. what I'm sure there's a Gamblers Anonymous. Well, there's a gamble. You know, they have for alcoholics, they have something called Al-Anon. For Narcotics Anonymous, there's something called Naranon. I'm sure there's a there's a, a corollary uh, program for gambling at the partners of gambling addicts, and what you have to do is decide whether or not you're willing to stick with him through this disease, understanding that he might never recover from it because not everybody recovers. It's called Gammonon, which sounds a bit like a villain in a Zelda and video game. Maybe you should go and and go to a go to a a meeting because the truth is. I do think gambling stretches into that area that's not like the crack area. Well, no. It's not okay. As opposed to like once in a while I smoke pot and the person's like, I just don't like pot. Here's the issue with gambling addiction, uh, much like all addiction, but gambling in particular, uh, when you're in a partnership with someone, is that addiction is progressive and it gets worse. Mm. It doesn't get better. It gets worse and it starts to become more, affect your life more and more deeply. And so here you are at the beginning of the cycle where all you're worried about is coming off as a nag. But in 20 years, if you stay with this guy, what you need to worry about is that he sold your car or that he's emptied and liquid, liquidated your bank accounts. So for me, if I was in, if you were an addict, Natasha, uh, I would set some firm boundaries and then if you violated those boundaries it would affect our relationship my papa gambled away my nana's wedding ring in vegas yeah exactly that kind of thing so go to a gammonon learn how to play the indonesian um gammonon orchestra uh but yeah go to gammonon or if you're not comfortable with like 12-step stuff go to a therapist and find some firm boundaries it's not nagging to set boundaries It, it it it's so funny how codependency can work where here, listen, I feel for this guy. He's sick and he's got an addiction. But the the dichotomy that this letter sets up is um, he's a poor guy that suffers and I 
don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want to be naughty. All the blame in this letter was on mm-hmm. her. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to nag him. I don't want to make him. You can't make him recover. It's not possible to make him stop. It is possible he'll never stop. Can you make peace with that? And if not, can you set some firm boundaries that you can adhere to? Yeah, and I would just say it's not okay. I mean, I told you it wasn't okay for you to <laughs> bite your nails. Yeah, and that was an addiction. Okay, last letter, Natasha. You ready? Yeah. Moshe, Natasha, big fan of the podcast. I discovered y'all recently via Dax Shepard when I listened to his episode, Detroit Energy. Really love the episode and have been listening to The Endless Honeymoon nonstop. Anyhow, I've been happily married to my wife for five years and we've got a great marriage. My question is regarding situations where I've made friends with a single woman and had moments with them verging on romantic or have been engaged in flirtation slash conversation, which some might consider to be right on the line of what's appropriate for a platonic friendship or relationship rather. So if I encounter a situation where a single friend comes on to me, how would you go about turning them down without hurting their feelings or making the situation awkward? I value friendships with both sexes and would hate to have one ruined by saying the wrong thing. Thanks, Zach. Okay, can I just say, I... Am I crazy that I don't think, I mean, maybe this is, maybe I'll regret this, but do you think that someone in a committed five-year relationship should be making new platonic female friends? Um, I mean, it's obviously they should be able to, but uh, it's a little weird. Like if, if you like four or five years in, you're like, oh, this is a new girl I met. I work with her. We hang out all the time. All right, it's 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 if it's work, it's one thing, but if it's I don't know, it just seems a little weird. Hmm, I don't know the answer to that because you know it's something I don't really think about because it's not something that really comes up very often because I don't make many new friends of either gender these days. I got my friends and I kind of I kind of do that. I I no, I think that's weird. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I, no, I think you can make a platonic friend. Totally. Like, I, I have new friends that are lesbians, so it's like, oh, I can't make a lesbian friend either? Right, yeah. I I, I, I mean, if I, if you noticed a pattern all of a sudden where I was like, yeah, I, it's my fifth new female friend and I'm, we're going camping <laughs> together, I think at that point you might be like, that seems a little sus. But in general, I think it's possible. Now, what I think you're picking up on, Natasha, mm-hmm. correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong here. But this guy, Zach, our buddy here, who we love, is saying like, yeah, I've been with my wife for five years and I just keep getting into these situations <laughs> where I'm making friends with a single woman and then things go all the way to almost being inappropriate. And then it's like, so how do I tell these people when they come on to me that I'm in a relationship without it being weird or awkward? Or, and it's like, Zach. It's Zach, so easy. It's, well, it's like, Zachy, baby. <laughs> the problem is clearly not that... Y- you're constantly um, having to rebuff the 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 uh, come ons of these single women that you're friends with. The problem, Zachy, Zachy, my friend, old Zacharuni, is that clearly you are engaging with women in a way that makes them feel like they should flirt with you. I.e., you're probably flirting with them too. And also, one oh one, you say. Oh yeah, my girlfriend. Like it's happened to me before. I remember with I was who? like. Before I met you, I was on the road and this guy was like, he was the person who t- took me to all the radio and he's like, yeah, let's go, let's go to a dance club tonight. And he was really cute. And I was like, okay. And we went to a dance club and then we were there having a drink. And then he was like, my girlfriend's coming too. And I was like, oh, but like he did tell me, but like I probably wouldn't have gone, but still it's like, that's just the magic words. As soon as he said that, 
I was like, it was all clear in my head. Like I was a little confused at first because he was like super nice. And you know, it's like, those are the magic words and it sucks to say them, but you can just get used to it. Or, you know, I would never cheat on my wife, but you know, it's like just saying something. Do you know how often women flirt with me? Never. I'm thinking about this recently. <laughs> never. Never. And I think it's because, and it's, it can't be because I'm physically hideous because I think we both know that that's not true. It's because I got an energy that I'm not interested in flirting with other women. And the reason I'm not interested in flirting with other women is I think it's dangerous and dumb because I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to go down that road. So my energy when I meet a a woman, an attractive woman, a new woman is not a playful flirtatious energy where I want to experience the high of getting flirted with and dance right up to the line of appropriateness because I know like that's a dangerous road to go and down. And it's rude to the girl. It is also rude to the girl. And also you don't And your wife. And and here's something I used to say when I when I was Except a burning man. When I was younger and I thought someone liked me that I didn't like I would like tell them like, oh, I just want to be friends. Like, I don't want to kiss you. Like, I would just be kind of rude. No way. That doesn't track with your personality. <laughs> but the way to really do it is you bake it into the conversation. But what, You're uh, like, oh, well, I, hold on. I got to have to text my girlfriend back, you know, and I'm, then it's not weird to be like, just so you know, I do have a girlfriend. I do find you very attractive, but just you don't have to go there. You just say it. Oh, that conversation, that conversation. Don't do like, that. I want you so much, but I can't have you because I've got, that's you're already you're past the point but i'm suggesting something even more than what you're saying natasha which is that this person shouldn't he's not going to solve his problems by mentioning the word wife by the way he's married five years married by saying wife at some point in the conversation because if this is happening repeatedly they obviously at least some of them know that he's married he's got to wrap the problem up which is that he's getting a vicarious thrill by being flirtatious with mm. these women he wants this to happen. He likes this to happen. And his energy is suggesting that. That is my, 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 my gut is telling me that, Zach, that there's a part of you that really likes this inappropriate line because it is exciting. It is exciting to dance up to that line. But the problem with dancing up to a line is that once in a while, you fall over it. And now you got scabies. And you got to tell your wife to put on an insecticide. So nobody wants that. And I think the problem is you, my friend. Also, do you, are you wearing your wedding ring? They know he's married. And his single friends, if I encounter a situation where a single friend comes on to me. Are you not familiar with the people cheat? I mean, I hear you. People straight up cheat. That's okay. what's happening. These you women don't. cute. Zach, you sound cute. Yeah, I bet Zach is cute, actually. He's a hot, hot stuff hubba hubba. That's why he likes Dax Shepard, because Dax <laughs> has that like hot guy energy. And he's like, I'm a hot guy. How come these girls are always flirting with me? And all I do is like lick my lips all sultrily at them every time I meet them. Zach, you got to stop flirting with the women first. And then you will find that if you change your own energy, then the energy of the single women around you will change. If you'd like to leave a secret. Give us a call at 213-222-8608. Or email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com to be on our podcast, solicit our advice. And also email us if you're in Portland and you couldn't get tickets and you want to come be a guest live on stage. Also join our Patreon. We're having dinner parties. We're making artwork. I'm sending copies of my book. I got a new DJ mix about to drop. We have extra secret dumps. It's really a blast on there and it is a community. It's not just extra secret dumps. It is the only secret dumps that we do anymore. Well, right. So there you go. It's a real perk. That's what I'd say. Be a part of our Patreon. And don't forget, we have beanies. We have mugs. We got merch. We got merch. So come find us at endlesshoneymoonpod.com slash store. Shop, shop till you drop. Natasha, it's been a real pleasure. Nice talking to you, and I love you. Nice talking to you, too. I love you, too. (laughs) 